And I just remember the four, week four, week five, I remember waking up and I was like, something feels a little bit different. I got ready for work and I got in my car and I just took this like big breath and I did not feel that like, just the anxiety in my chest or like in my stomach. And I, I was just like, wow. <laughs> for the first time I felt like myself. Yeah. Hi, welcome to Along the Gravel Road podcast, where we're changing the conversation around mental health. I'm your host, Chelsea Barona, and today is going to be a little bit of a different episode. Today, I'm going to just share with y'all a little bit about my story and about why I started this podcast in the first place. And so I'm excited to have y'all on this journey with me. Awesome. So why did you start this podcast? Like, what's the story behind it? And I'm a little bit nervous because, you know, for the... Not the first time. I mean, I think I started this journey of becoming like this, I guess, mental health advocate based on my own story. But to share it now today, it's actually making me a little nervous, makes me feel a little bit vulnerable yeah. because I think I've I've shifted gears and I've been sharing other people's stories for so long, so long now. And that feels like a really comfortable place to be in. But ideally, the reason that I started this podcast, what I want people to get from it is both a space for them to be able to share what they've been through because I think there's power in doing that and also for other people to connect with that and realize that they're not alone in what they're going through. Yeah, absolutely. So what's your story? Tell me. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny because that is exactly what I ask people when they come on the podcast is to start off, what's your story? That's also a fun fact. It's what I start like on dating apps. That's my prompt, but... If you could steal it, well, not you, your, but <laughs> your prompt is what's your story? What's your story? Because oh, uh, I don't, I don't like small talk. Uh, and, you know, I think you get a lot out of people when you ask them what their story is, because I mean, in in this, in this sense, we're talking about our stories with mental health, but for so many people, their stories, you know, to say, I have a story is such a powerful statement. And then to be able to share what that means to them is, is incredibly powerful. And so for me, obviously my story is, has a lot to do with mental health and it's, it's why I'm here. It's, it's why I do a lot of things I do now, but it started. So a lot of times my story starts at 28, 28 was the moment in my life where I, uh, it was probably the darkest things were I could no longer, uh, if you look up, you know, the the symptoms of depression, I met every benchmark there was, except I didn't know what that meant. And I had never really heard the term depression uh, or anxiety in a sense where it wasn't just this, um, you know, mental health awareness month or something like that, that it wasn't just an awareness campaign, that it was really, oh, this is this is directly talking to me, like speaking to me. This is things that I've now experienced. And so I was at that point I had just gotten out of a relationship, another very toxic relationship that is, you know, now a pattern that I can recognize now. But I, it had been a few weeks of, I had lost a ton of weight. I was no longer like, it was very hard for me to get out of bed. When I did go to bed, it was strictly to go to work. And when I was at work, I was basically completely shut off from everything going on. And in my office, like nobody knew why the door was closed. They just, I guess, assumed I was working really hard, but really I was slowly just like 
losing it. My anxiety was spiral, like spiral, having me spiral out of control. I just remember like sort of walking around my office unable, like I needed to do something, but also I could not like bring myself to get anything actually productive done. And then when I was at home, I couldn't leave the house. I, I would think about eating like I was so hungry, but the thought of even leaving my home was actually terrifying to me. And it was to the point where, you know, I would tell people about it. I was, I was sort of talk like reaching out to my friends about it. But at this point, so many people had heard, uh, had heard me talk about how painful some of these relationships had been and then saw me keep doing it that I, I get it. I get it. They had to step back and say, like, at this point, there's nothing I can do for you. I've tried to tell you that this isn't where you belong and this isn't who you should be. This isn't what you should be doing. And, and I just, I can't help you anymore. Wow. And there was, and maybe, and that wasn't what they were saying to me. You know what I mean? That's what I was hearing though. That's what I was hearing or like, I, or you're just not worth helping anymore. And so at that point, I mean, obviously it had gotten bad enough and I was starting to just like act on this anxiety and I was not who I wanted to be. The, the, The decisions I was making were not me. And, you know, when I would get out of the house, all it would be was to, you know, drink. And when I drank, I was also taking the Xanax that somebody gave me to chill out. And that was not a good combination. I would not remember anything when I woke up the next morning. And again, a pattern. (laughs) This is this. I've just always used that to cope this entire entire. I wouldn't say 28 years. It probably started in middle school uh, when, you know, it was all these unhealthy ways to cope with things. And at this point, it was just I hit I hit a wall like this. I couldn't do it anymore. So I remember and thankfully, I mean, that I don't know if I. I maybe heard the words EAP at some point. And so I don't think the company I was working for had an EAP, but I knew that was a thing. And so I just looked on our company website to try and find anything about mental health. And thankfully they had something. They had a link to somewhere else. And I clicked the link and it was too many links, to be honest with you. It was way too many, but I was, you know, thankfully I kept going. Uh, And I picked up the phone and again, thankfully somebody picked up. Thankfully they had an opening because if it would have been, oh, well, you have to wait or, oh, we're booked up, go somewhere else, which is we're seeing so much of right now. And it's terrifying to me to think like, what if that happened to me then? And so when I did finally reach somebody, uh, I said it it ended up being a psychiatrist. And so I set up an appointment with them, terrified. But I walked in and I just laid it all out and I said what I'd been through and you know, from there, things really changed for me. But it wasn't it wasn't just, a, you know, just a snap of the fingers and yeah. everything was OK. Initially, she had recommended medication and I was adamantly opposed, not because I have any problem with medication. I had no known a person who was on medication who had been through way worse than I had. And so for me, I was like, oh, you know, like, no, because I should be able to handle this without it. If this person, you know, could get through all of this and this is the only reason they need it. You know, I don't, I was comparing myself to other people. I I thought what I'd been through wasn't bad enough to warrant me needing help. I should be able to handle this. And so I said no the first few, actually the first few sessions. And every time she would bring it back up, she said, it's not, it's not that you can't, we probably can't work through this without it, but you the state you're in right now is very difficult to do anything and this can help you get to a space where you can actually you know heal and so I finally I finally did it because at that point I was just that desperate and you know it didn't it wasn't 
the right medication at first. We changed it up a bit, which is typical. But when I finally found something that worked, it takes about four to six weeks. And I just remember the four, week four, week five, I remember waking up. I was like, something feels a little bit different. I got ready for work and I got in my car and I just took this like big breath and I did not feel that like just the anxiety in my chest or like in my stomach. And I I was just like, wow. (laughs) Yeah. For the first time, I felt like myself. Yeah. And I realized that all of this stuff that I had gone through leading up to this point, like I never really truly knew who I was because of the anxiety and the depression. And it was impacting my every single day of my life up until that point. Mm-hmm. And that changed everything. That moment changed it all. Wow. Yeah. So where did you go from there? <laughs> I, I changed everything too. I I did start seeing a therapist, uh, so to kind of like work through some stuff. Which honestly, it wasn't it wasn't the best experience. Now going through grad school for mental health counseling, I can see that there's so much more there. Which I actually did decide to go back to therapy because I recognize that there's a lot that I still need to work through. But at that point, what what it did was exactly what um, what my doctor had said it would. It gave me the space, the room to actually be able to figure out who I was outside of these symptoms that I was struggling with every day. It gave me room to do that. And needless to say, I was living way out in the middle of nowhere, basically. And I, you know, I was not, I wasn't really doing the things that, you know, I'm passionate about. And so I did all sorts of things. I joined a young professional group. I sold my house. I moved to Baton Rouge. I started volunteering. I started traveling. I went, traveled abroad for the first time. And then I traveled again and again and again. And I truly started finding the spaces and the people and the things that just like made me happy. And all of a sudden it wasn't, it was also that I was starting to recognize that I was worthy of all these things because it was where was, there was so much where, you know, so much of my life is so much of the depression and all of that that told me that I wasn't. And so, you know, it, 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 I just, I just kept doing the more things that I recognize uh, made me feel like I belonged. I did more of that. And that's, that's what, what brought me here. That's, that's the spaces and the people that made me feel comfortable enough to start telling my story because of course I was super naive when I first started telling my story. It's like, if this, this will help me, then it'll help so many people and you just have to go do this and you'll be okay. And then, you know, when I first did start telling my story on a social media post, I think is where I, where I did it. And several people messaged me you know, like first they're thanking me they're saying I, I've been feeling this all of these things and I really thought I was alone in that and I'm like grateful to you for just saying something and for talking about it because so many people don't and then it would be followed up by what did you do like how did you get through it like I did this and this and this now you know I was like I'm obviously I'm not a professional but I, I can share with you what worked for me they're like wait I tried all those things it's like, oh shit. Yeah. I don't know how to help you. Yeah. Uh, and so then I started just listening, was listening to other people's stories, and that allowed me to see, like, obviously, 
so for me, I think the, the important part about me telling my story and why I even go back and forth between telling it and not telling it is because I was lucky. It For me, it was actually it what I tried the first time, the first person I reached out to for help, the first, virtually the first thing we tried as far as medication goes, you know, all the things that I did along the way helped me in some pretty big way. Mm. And if those things would have went wrong, I don't know what would have happened. You know, and for so many people, it's not that simple. For so many people, you know, it all those coping, all those unhealthy coping mechanisms, any one of those things could have, for, for any amount, any reason, could have destroyed me at any point in time, and they didn't. And that makes me lucky to be here, to be able to say this. But then on the other hand, I also want people to know that just because you're story may not seem as bad as somebody else's doesn't mean you don't deserve the help and doesn't mean you can't reach out for support and maybe equally need you know need some of that in your life and so that's I mean that was what was going through my head before I came here so you know what how do I how do I say that because you know for me I don't think I don't think my story is that bad and I also though think that it's a lot of people's story and for too many of us or for me you know it it for so long just felt like, okay, this is just who I am. And that's just not true. That wasn't who I was. That was what both, you know, the, my anxiety and depression told me I was and what the world was telling me I was for so long. And it was, it was false. It was a false narrative that I've now had to work very hard to change. So you had talked about how some really pretty nasty relationships were leading into this depression, um, have you been able to identify what led into the nasty relationships? Great question. <laughs> Great question because for for the last uh, since twenty eight, um, I don't need to tell y'all how old I am now, but however many years that was, I had been f- so focused on figuring out who I was, being happy with me, that I still have not faced any of that yet yeah so for the past four or five years I haven't I haven't dated I haven't done anything I haven't even really gone on a date Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until and obviously at some point you know I knew that this is something that I'm gonna need to address which that's what that's what I meant when I said I saw this therapist and we never dug into that we never actually touched the relationships which I I can obviously see as a big a big part of all of this but what what's happening now is that it's starting to come up in places and things that I don't want it to mm-hmm. and so it it happened first in grad school I had a family uh family counseling class family and couples therapy class and I remember watching a video of a couple fighting and feeling sick to my stomach like wow. feeling I had to turn my camera off it was like I'm gonna be sick right now like I could not watch it. I could not see it. And even, you know, even when I'm, I want to support my friends in relationships, like it is hard for me. I have to recognize that hearing what they're going through is actually impacting me and it's affecting me and it's bringing me back to a place that I don't want to be in. And so I had decided to start dating after grad school or that's what I told myself. And I recognized that that process was absolutely terrifying. And there were, there's just been a lot that's come up since then. And so that's why I decided to go back to therapy in the first place mm-hmm. to figure that out. Um, and so I'm not there yet. 
Yeah. You know, and that, that's a big that's a big thing. But I am in a really good space to be able to do that. And I couldn't have done that back then. I like I wasn't ready. And I don't I think I'm ready now. I have all the all the things I need to understand and to really figure it out without it triggering me, without it bringing me back to that space. And I think that was very important for me. And that's something that a lot of people want to dig it all up at once. And sometimes that works. Sometimes you do. You really do have to sort of face it. But for me, I needed to figure out who I was first. And now that I know who I am, now I can, now I can start working backwards and figure out where that why why that happened to me you know that's exciting and terrifying and terrifying (laughs) but it's definitely exciting so what did you work through in therapy the first go around the first time and honestly it's it's so long ago that it's hard to to remember a ton of it it well the thing about it the first time is it felt like it felt like what I was doing there was really sort of sharing with her, which is it is nice to be able to do, was sharing with her all the things that I was doing outside of our therapy sessions that, that were now making me happy and now helping me figure out who I was. So interestingly enough, we didn't really talk about the past. We didn't really talk about what brought me there. We really focused on what am I doing now? Mm. And so that was, I mean, I assume that was a, you know, just how her, her therapeutic style was or, you know, whatever that looked like. And maybe for, like I said, maybe that was what I needed at the time because she was seeing that, that shit, she was actually able to say, like, I remember the first time you came here and I can see you now. And like, I can see a huge difference. And so she sort of helped feed into that and just say, let's do more of that. And, you know, looking back, maybe that was the right move. But there are definitely are things where I'm like, you know, I shared something. We never we never talked about it again. And so there was a point, I think it was about six months in, where we had started seeing less and less of like once a month at a certain point. And so I wasn't going that often where she just said, I honestly, I think we're, we're starting to talk about the same stuff every time. I really, I don't think, you know, I don't think you, we really need to see each other anymore if you're okay with that. And, you know, I'm always here. I'm here if you want to come back. But I think, you know, it sounds like you have a lot of the things you need to to be able to kind of do this. And I said, okay, I didn't know. (laughs) I didn't know the questions to ask or anything like that. And so that's the other thing, like, I think I really want to be able to do for people is to sort of make it feel more comfortable of, like, all the things you, you can ask in therapy and that you can sort of you do have so much control in that space. This is 100% for you. And so it's not something that you can, you need to do passively, you know, that there, that I could have been more active and say, this is actually something I think, you know, I know I brought it up and you didn't say, you didn't really say anything about it again, but I'd like to revisit it. And I didn't know that at the time. I was just like, okay, sure. And I felt, I did kind of feel rejected. I was like, mm, all right. <laughs> So you didn't know the questions to ask, but you definitely recognized that there were things that you wanted to talk about and just didn't know how to ask for that, ask for what you need. Yeah, exactly. And I remember the moment she said that I, it sort of brought me back to like, oh, oh, I'm not, it's not bad enough. I'm, I'm fine. I don't actually, you know, it's not bad enough for me to need somebody to talk to. I'll just do this on my own then. Definitely. Yeah. I'm excited because it feels like you're, you've, told a part of your story today and I feel like next year we're gonna have to do this again and you're gonna have way more to say 
That'll be interesting. Yeah. I, and then that's all of us, right? It, we're constantly on this, this journey that brings us back and takes us forward and forces us to recognize things about ourselves or to sit back and just be okay with where things are right now. And it's definitely been, been interesting these past few years and even just, you know, over the course of being in grad school for two and a half years and starting this podcast and starting a nonprofit and really being a fully ingrained in this mental health space, it's every day I learn something new about myself. And that's been, that's been really interesting to see. And then to be able to sort of, how do I now use that to help other people, you know, along this, this path too, and figure, figure things out along the way. Because, I mean, I think I felt, I felt alone and I feel alone a lot, <laughs> you know, and even even being a I think being a therapist can be a lonely journey. Being in the mental health space can feel lonely. Starting a nonprofit can feel really lonely. Mm-hmm. And I'm having, you know, if I can, I don't know, I think reminding other people of this also helps me to I'm talking to myself just as much as I'm talking to everybody else. Absolutely. Every single second of this. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I definitely I definitely hope that people feel comfortable enough and and that was the other idea of like sharing sharing what I've been through is that people feel comfortable enough to to feel safe in this space to be able to do it and to learn something about themselves that was that was really special when people would come back to me and say I listened to my episode and I was crying and I, I felt you know emotional and I, I recognized this and I took this away from it and I was like that's amazing that's incredible yeah. that's what our stories have the power to do absolutely there it's therapeutic to tell them yeah. in and of itself just telling it is therapeutic that's awesome is there any other part of your story that has led you it's okay if the answer is no I just is there any other part of your story that has led you to wanting to do this podcast and hear from other people I think the the other big thing that I recognized looking back was that there were so many times um, when I was younger, even like growing up and now, where there there were people, my mom mostly, who I know she wanted to help me so badly, and neither one of us had the words. Yeah. Like we both need, like she needs, she wanted she tried she tried so hard but every time like not we we didn't know what to say to both ask for help or to say I need help or to say I'm suffering and then for her to say I see you suffering and I want to help you I just I don't know how instead we sort of skirted over it over it and we we avoided it and we you know pretended like we were fine and I think so many of us are doing that or or if you're the person on the you know who is like seeing someone in pain what do you do? How do you help them? And so I think also being able to have these conversations are, is hopefully going to help people to have those in their lives with the people that they care about and to feel empowered and and say and see strength in saying, I can't help you with this, but I know somebody who can or like, I think you sh- we should seek somebody who can and that's okay too. Yeah. Like that's okay. This this is too much for both of us to handle. I just can't. We but we we you can't do this alone anymore. So let's go. You know, let's go find the help that you need. And there was just too many times in my life where I needed that, and none of us. I don't blame anyone who was on the other end of it either. You know, but none of us knew what to do. Mm. Oh, that's so tough. Mm-hmm. So it's not just for the person struggling; it's for the person watching another person struggle, yeah. and maybe feels a little bit 
helpless. Helpless. Yeah. Good. Any chance we can get some spoilers on what's coming up this season? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's interesting. I put out a call for people who might want to be on the podcast, and I got a ton of responses. A ton of responses. And it's going to be... I think it's going to be more vulnerable. I think people are really going to going to really open up about some topics that we don't typically talk about or you don't hear talked about in a way that makes them normal. Yeah. And so I'm excited about that. I'm I'm excited to hear hopefully we hear from more diverse voices, from people who have been through who have different backgrounds and different experiences and that we touch on some like really tough conversations that sometimes we're we're, we try not to face, we just avoid them. And so I'm hopeful that we we can really, uh, really dig into some of that and help people find a connection to something that too often we're, we're pretending isn't there or, you know, some of those things that you want to pretend like don't exist except they very much do and they're impacting every part of our lives. I think I, I definitely came into this, came into doing the podcast in the first place, feeling feeling like it was, it, it felt. I don't I don't know. It didn't it didn't feel like much. You know, it didn't feel like much of anything to be honest. It was like I'll try it and we'll see what happens, and it, and then it became it became so much more than that. There's definitely there's people who reach out to me and say, you know, when are you going to do this again? When are you going to um, put more episodes out? And it's like. Part of me was like, oh, it's overwhelming. That was that was weights more than I could handle. I don't know if I'm ever going to do it again. Maybe that was enough. And then, you know, enough people ask about it and you recognize that there is so much power in this and that if I can help just one person or if this platform helps just one person, then it's worth it. And so, yeah, it was it, it definitely was a small all of these things that I've done felt so small, I guess, when I was doing them. And then it turned into being something meaningful. And I think the small things can be incredibly meaningful and impactful. And that's something I've learned too. And it's something that I hope like even if you know, 30 people listen to an episode, to remind myself that for those 30 people, that meant something. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's not nothing. No, it's not. So yeah, and I, you know, sharing today, I was so in my head about it. I was just letting all these thoughts of, you know, telling me that this isn't, that like your story doesn't matter. And you know, you, why are you even talking? Like, what do you, why are you, why do you feel like you're the person that should be doing this? And I ask myself that every single day. And the answer is, I don't feel like I'm the person that should be doing this, but I don't know why the hell not. Absolutely. Yeah. Why shouldn't you be the person that's doing this? Why shouldn't I be? I mean, I think at the end of the day, we can all, we all have this story to tell. And in some small way, that's, that's, I mean, not small way, in a big way. That's, that's why we're here. You know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's why I'm here. Yeah. No, I love it. I love the concept of it. I love that, um, there are a lot of people who compare their stories to other people and uh, that's not fair because it's our responsibility to work through whatever our story is. Mm-hmm. So whether or not we feel like it's big or small, come on, it's ours. Yeah. So we got to work through it. Exactly. So I love that you're doing it. This is great. Thank you.